Okay, we are live for another edition of our weekly Friday market updates. Every Friday at 12 o'clock Pacific time, I go live to go over any sort of relevant headline articles of the week. I go over some of the classic success stories. And at the end of the segment, we take a look at the data. Now, because this is live, I'm happy to answer all questions in real time. I love to use this as a way to engage back with my audience. Or if you're not able to tune in live, feel free to watch this on YouTube or on my podcast. Leave a comment below or send me a question direct. Always happy to help however I can. I just got back from Austin, Texas this week. Just came back yesterday. I can see why a lot of people are going there. But at the same time, there's a lot of, I think, a lot of pitfalls that people do not realize until they get until they probably stay there for a couple of years. But we'll see what happens. Lovely place, great people. People are very friendly. Did a whole lot, learned a lot, a lot about the local market. And who knows, maybe I may expand my uh, my presence there one day. We'll see what happens. But let's get to the Bay Area. Always lots of things happening in the Bay Area. Make no mistake, um, things are still very, very busy out here and it is competitive. But let's talk about some of the big headlines of the week. New home sales fall to the lowest pace in a year. Why is this happening? New home sales only rose in two of four regions in May. So on one end, it's a headline article you have to be cautious of. You can see here in the West, sales grew 33% in the Northeast, 6.7% in the West, were flat in the Midwest. And it looks like the South was the one that is down 14.5%. Now, why do I think this is the case? I think this is the case because um, a lot of those areas, especially in the South, let's say you're in Florida, in Texas, you've actually have done, uh, they've sold out houses faster than they have even thought of, especially as you had a big migration from the East, like the Northeast in this case, in the West to those lower cost areas and places that were also more open in the past. However, so they, I'm sure they sold out way far in advance, and we have the same issues here in the Bay Area. Most developers all sold out one year in advance. And so the biggest challenge we will have upcoming is that there's going to be a gap of available properties and inventory to choose from. So what does that mean? It means like there's going to be, you know, there's just going to be, because of the gap, we should, I would suspect that home prices will continue to do very well, but the sales volume should be less. Uh, but I think at the same time, new home constructions, like construction, the new home prices in general tend to already be about 10 to 15% higher than what you would do, what you would buy for something that's only like five, 10 years ago. And I suspect they'll continue to push that up. Combination of number one, they can. Number two, uh, because the general market is also increasing. So don't be surprised uh, that you'll see big home price jumps as they continue to release new uh, available properties because the big migration of people is still going on. But at the same time, the big, the bigger migration is not just people from one geography to another. It's the bigger migration of is the millennial buyers becoming homeowners. That is a massive, massive set of demand that is unaccounted for and will be uh, very, very big for many, many years. So a lot of the reports about the housing market and why it's done so well is People think this is a boom and bust cycle. It, it may be. I don't, I'm not going to rule anything out, but it's also more of a secular cycle. The secular cycle is we have not enough housing, as you saw from my last week's report. 5.5 million houses are needed to fill in this gap, number one. But also number two, 
the big up the big pool of buyers that are moving from the millennials as a millennial generation of people renting into home ownership. So something very, very big and very important to understand. Next, mortgage applications rise again despite race jumps. Um, I mean, we're going to see kind of rates fluctuate up and down. And I would say these reports will kind of go up and down as well. I, I'm not I'm not taking too much insights into this, especially here in the Bay Area. What I find as the biggest challenge right now is people are just not having you know, realistic expectations of the market. And some people may elect to just give up. So I see a lot more buyers than ever before, as in a lot more people interested than ever before. But then I see a lot of people that get spooked out more than ever before too. And it doesn't mean like those buyers are gone for good, but they are gone for at least for at least a year if they you know extended their lease and want to pay another year of rent. And so it's happening quite, quite frankly across the board. There's still a lot of buyers out there. Um, but you also see a lot of people give up. You tell me, are any of your friends giving up? If they don't understand the market or they don't want to understand the market, then it's, it is likely to happen. And um, it is what it is. More Bay Area homes are now selling above asking price. Is it demand or cruel pricing strategies? How many times did we hear in the East Bay, uh, especially in the East Bay, but all over, that homes are selling for a million dollars over list price? Wait a second. If they're selling a million dollars or a list price, why are these charts kind of just a general upward trend and not from a 1.7 million medium price to a 2.7 medium price? It's because the answer is, is it's kind of both, right? Demand is without a doubt increasing and prices continue to increase. But is it that much as what's being reported? The answer is hell no, they're not. Excuse my language. It, I mean, there's a lot of BS that's out there. I think people need to be very aware of. Now, especially in the East Bay, and a lot of some markets are like that. And don't be surprised and don't feel bad or good. A lot of markets, let's say in the East Bay, they tend to list their price on purpose for 30 to 40% below what they know it'll sell for. How many times have you seen a home is listed on the market for, let's say, a million dollars? And you look at the data, and like four or five years ago, it sold for a million dollars. And it's because it had nowhere, and it was not even going to be anywhere close to that number. So some people may get spooked. Some people may, oh, say it's so hot. It's so crazy. At the end of the day, look at what has sold in the last one month, last two months at most. And then from there, you get a general sense of the ballpark range of where it'll go. Now, there may be a deviation of, let's say, 5%, but that gets much closer than any sort of like 30, 40% difference of what you know they listed it at. So that's the most important thing is understand what homes are being listed for because this does happen. Like it's it's annoying. I mean, it, there are standard practices across different counties and across different agents. You may see different agents notoriously do one approach over the other. But at the same time, um, just be mindful. Just see what I have. Work with your realtor. Work with myself. You know, I'd love to help you. This is what I do for all of my clients, especially in this rising market. I will tell you what homes will sell for in advance. And at that point, you can determine if that's still within budget or if you want to go see or not. That's the best strategy. And don't worry about list price. Don't feel good if you buy it below or above. At the end of the day, you should feel good as to what other homes have sold for and what you are buying relative to those homes. So that is your tip of the week. Are Wall Street hedge funds buying up homes in the Bay Area? We see this actually happening across a lot of areas throughout the country. A lot of the cheaper areas across the country have these big, massive players again. And keep in mind, 
Think about this. These big players were the ones that came in the market in the correction time period, and they bought up hundreds, if not thousands at a time. Think if you're an investor. I mean, why are these companies doing this? They're doing this for several reasons. They think, number one, there's a lot more upside to go. That's why they're doing this, number one. Number two, they understand the opportunity. And number three, being how much money is being printed and being pumped into the economy, this is a viable investment strategy for them. They they don't they they have already participated in like apartment complexes and syndications and things like that. So I suspect that's you know what they're already doing. But for them to buy these individual homes in masses shows you what they think and the opportunity ahead that this may be a while before we see much changes. So um, really interesting to see uh, this kind of activity. But now the question is, is this happening in the Bay Area? The answer is probably not. I mean, of all the ones that I've competed against, um, when give you an idea, this year I've already bought 28 homes for clients. None of them, even the ones that we lost, none of them were with these kind of this kind of situation. Because it doesn't make that much sense for these Wall Street hedge funds because they can't they can't buy in mass here. That's the problem here, right? You have plenty of individual homeowners that are making very good money that do very well. They will be able to continue to uh, push this. And at the same time, these companies like BlackRock and others want to buy in mass. So they're going to buy these $100,000, $200,000, $300,000 homes. They can buy a ton of them. And there's a whole lot less competition. Here is too competitive for them. On one end, and they can't also get the volume that they need to have um, the network effect of being able to kind of have a cluster of these homes. So uh, it's not happening at all, quite frankly, here. Now, when you see cash offers, that may happen, especially for properties that are in, in terrible condition. That is not BlackRock participating. That is just a general flipper. There's plenty of investors and flippers all across the Bay Area. I myself can buy it in all cash. It doesn't mean I'm the one that has all cash to buy it, right? It just means I'm using other people's money to fund these. And there's all these different players like hard money lenders that are doing very well because some people are also betting that they can renovate a house, put in the work, fix it, and then flip it for a profit. But outside of that, even that is also very difficult for them to participate in. But outside of that, there's not a whole lot. Most people buying are just primary buyers. I mean, even, even investment properties, there's not a whole lot. I mean, there's a few, but it's not not that many. So something just to be mindful of when you see this uh, headline article. All right, Sunnyvale site near Apple Spaceship Campus lands local buyer. Choice site is occupied by restaurant, but could be redeveloped. So it should be interesting. For those that are familiar with this area, so this is on the border. I think it's on the border of Sunnyvale and Cupertino. Uh, it's very, very close to there. And this is a spaceship, Apple Spaceship. It's off of Homestead. This is a 99 Ranch Market. Lots of Asian uh, groceries are here. Um, and then across, there's a there's a little Saigon uh, place, a little pho place. Um, and then there's a gas station next to it. So it'll be interesting to be able to buy the space and they can develop potentially townhomes. That would be that would be really, really cool to see uh, out there. Um, and they spent, looks like six and a half, six point four million dollars for this restaurant site. And it's not because of this fall place is going to charge a lot in rent. It's going to be the opportunity to redevelop space. So it'll be interesting to see. Uh, good question, Michael. What do you think the pitfalls are? I'm not sure what specific question. If you want to ask, you know, what do you mean by the 
specific pitfalls in from what sense? Happy to answer that uh, when you reply there. Okay, so we close on this one this week. Um, congratulations to my clients. This is an interesting journey. I, I have not dealt with this journey before, and it's not on this house. This house was fine. So we close on this one, 1309 Bottle Brush Lane. Had no issues appraising. We actually got an appraisal waiver, so no risk there. Uh, I think we competed against maybe six, seven offers, and uh, we, we, we did a good job to understand the market, Vidim. It's a very nice house. Um, has a attached two-car garage, two-bed, one-and-a-half bath. Has a loft space up top. It, it's awesome. They, they actually, he found me on Google. So he found me online, reached out direct. We just hit it off right away, saw a bunch of properties. And we actually, funny enough, we got in contract for another house in Fremont, a townhome. And I'm going to tell you this story because I'm not involved anymore, but it's crazy. I've never heard of this situation. So you have to be very careful and you have to also understand, you know, what is going on uh, with like these communities. Um, so the backstory is we got actually in contract, you know, a month and a half ago prior to this. And uh, we got in contract for a house, a uh, townhome in Fremont. And we were non-contingent. We were all good, right? So because... I mean, everything looked fine at the time. And then two weeks in, the realtor sends me, hey, look, we got this thing that you need to sign off of. I'm like, hold up. I'm not going to sign off on anything. What is going on? And what happened was that some select homeowners within that HOA community, they wanted to like redo their roof. And, and they, just, they didn't even do it through the regular process. So the benefit of an HOA typically is that the HOA has timelines, right? They have timelines as to, okay, well, roof replacements are every 30 years, and then we're going to budget accordingly, and in 30 years, we're going to do it. But this scenario, a group of homeowners wanted just to replace the roof, even though it still had like another 15 years left in terms of the shelf life. So they're going through like, I don't know, litigation. They're going through just random stuff with the board, and the board was like, okay, there is the possibility of an $80,000 special assessment for each homeowner. I'm like, number one, I've never heard of a roof costing anywhere close to that. But at the same time, I'm not the, that's not my, I don't really care. This is being disclosed to me as to my buyer needs to be aware. Like there may be an $80,000, um, there may be an $80,000 uh, special assessment at any time especially where you're in a contract, because this is all going to be played out. We don't know when it'll be. And so it's like pretty, it's wild. I've never heard of this. And so that was something up in the air. And then because that was a meaningful disclosure, uh, you know, obviously check with your broker, check with your agent, check with your you know legal side. But we were able to, you know, that re-triggered our ability to, to get out of that deal. Um, because that's a very material fact, of course, if now all of a sudden we have an $80,000 bill that we may need to anticipate at some time. So crazy. So we, we got out and then, uh, fortunately we actually got in contract on this one just so, just a week later. So pretty amazing for them. Glad they stuck into it. That was a wild one. Really, really wild one. Uh, have not encountered that before. And I hope nobody encounters that, but that's, uh, sometimes some things you need to be aware of when it comes to any HOAs. Okay, let's talk about the data itself. So market updates. Let's take a look at San Mateo County. New listings, 223 new listings this week. That's a pretty high number, as you can see, higher than most. 178 contingent pending this week. Let, take a look at the prices. 
Fortunately, they have dropped a little bit less than before, right? As you saw last week's numbers, incredible numbers, but still, this is a huge jump. And we are already at almost the end of June. So do not be surprised if you see a big, big delta when you compare against homes sold in May and sold in April. You need to factor this in when you make an offer, right? As you can see, this is a, I mean, I think that number was 1.9, now it's 2.1. So it's about a 10% delta in one month. Talk about on fire, talk about doing very well. Anybody that's living in San Mateo County, even if you bought just even a couple of months ago, is has already gotten tremendous, massive equity. And this is this number is almost going to conclude uh, June. Now, condos, townhomes, different story, right? You can see actually a little bit of a decline now. So that's pretty good for those that you know were not able to compete for single-family homes. I have a few clients that are looking for townhomes. Townhomes have risen, as you can see, over the months. It looks like it's starting to either flatten or decrease. It'll be interesting to see what happens in the July timeframe. Santa Clara County, different story, uh, at least for condos and townhomes. But for single family, you have 578 new listings, 463 contingent pending. But look at this growth. Similar story. I don't know if it's 10%, but probably about 7 or 8% growth uh, over the last month. Done phenomenally well for Santa Clara County. Something to be mindful of as you compete in that area. Condos, townhomes continue to increase, continue to do very well. You can see a very different story than San Mateo County. A lot of people are clearly moving back and driving up prices um, because they don't want to pay rent. And who does? When rent generally, unless you plan to stay for only a year, is a probably a giant waste of money. Now take a look at Alameda County. Uh, as you can see, interesting enough, somewhat flattened. So it's pretty good. It means like generally you might be able to look at the data of the last two months and just kind of buy it roughly for the same price. You can see plenty of new listings on the market, plenty of uh, options for people to choose from. But condos, townhomes continue to increase. People may be giving up for residential, a single family residential. They may elect to go into uh, condos and townhomes instead. And last but not least, let's wrap it up with San Francisco. Take a look at this growth for single family. Continues to do very well. Um, not as strong of a growth as San Mateo County in Santa Clara County, but make no mistake, people clearly want to be in the city, especially for single family homes. Take a look at condos and townhomes. Make no mistake as well, people want to be back in the city. People are already flocking back to the city. You see the price growth there too. Uh, amazing, I mean, absolutely amazing. I don't say, it does not seem like things will slow down. I think things will continue to be, whether it's the same pace or not, I don't know if it'll be the same pace, but I think it'll continue to be growing for most markets. People are returning back to the Bay Area, especially as companies are requiring people to in September. So be ready. I think by, by the next couple of months, we should see continued record prices, something just to be mindful of. There is a price to pay when it comes to patience. Do not think, oh, you have time, which you may from your rent perspective, but just be mindful. You may be paying a higher price for waiting. It's very evident. Feel free to show me a data point. Otherwise, why you think it wouldn't be always happy to have that discussion. But as you can see, week by week, I do this report so you can see for yourself. I think what I'm going to do for one of my next Tuesday videos is I'm going to do a more of a deeper dive into an analysis. I'm going to do a comparison of like a year over year, a quarter over quarter, maybe some like list price versus sell price analysis. I'm going to do that a little bit. I'm going to probably do that every quarter and the beginning of every quarter so that you get a better sense as to what is actually happening with the market from a 
more even closer dive a deeper dive of a data-driven approach so i'll probably do that and release that maybe not next week but the following week um so if you have any questions or if there's any specific data points that you want to see me go over just leave it in the comments below i will include that and i'll be sure um to cover that point and give you my thoughts with what's going on well i hope you enjoyed this episode if you have any questions about the market or want any help to buy sell or invest in the bay area real estate market I love to connect and help you every step of the way. Enjoy the weekend, and I'll see you at the next one. Bye now. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of this podcast. If you like this show, please be sure to leave a five-star review for wherever you have searched for it. And if you wanted to talk about your real estate goals, feel free to reach out at any time. You can email me at spencer at spencerhsu.com or give me a call or text 408-223-5493. Talk to you soon. Have a good one.